Good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a great holiday season and that you're able to be with family and friends, especially during these difficult times. I'm your host, Diego Flores, and I'm super excited about this podcast, primarily because I think and hope that it's one of the most meaningful and impactful ones I ever give. This podcast will be episode two to the Daring Greatly series. The first episode was a summary of the book. And this episode will take that summary and go a bit deeper on the more profound level through the Christian Catholic perspective. A lot of it inspired by the teachings and writings of former Pope and now Saint John Paul II. The goal of this, again, I mentioned it in the first episode, but it is not to discredit anything in Brené Brown's book since I actually agree with everything she says, but rather to provide a more wholesome and deeper understanding. We're going to follow the same structure we did in episode one. Episode one was broken up into two parts. Part one was about the courage to be vulnerable. And part two was about how that transforms the way we think, love, parent, and lead. And we'll do the same here. And lastly, I'm going to try to speak slowly and clearly. And the goal is of that is so that every sentence can really carry its own weight. There's a lot of deep content here. And so I really encourage you to not only assimilate and take it all in with your mind, but also with your heart. And of course, feel free to listen to it as many times as you'd like. Since again, there's a lot of very beautiful and deep content here. So with that said, um, let's transition over to, to part one, the courage to be vulnerable. If we recall from episode one, someone who understands and knows their own dignity and value is able to be themselves in public. They have the courage to be vulnerable. Why? Because they're not defined by what others think. They've already defined themselves and realized their own value and dignity. But where does that ability come from? Why or how do they believe in their own value? Well, a lot of times it can be from the way we were raised as kids. If our parents really transmitted that truth, then we grew up really confident believing in our own worth and our inherent own worth. Remember, a worth that is not based on accomplishments or failures. However, no one is perfect at parenting and oftentimes we grow up with insecurities about our identity, with insecurities and doubts of our own value. And that's why you'll oftentimes find that self-help books like Daring Greatly or books or, or in that genre of our New York Times bestseller. Another example would be the book, You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life by Jensen Searle. These books try to answer a void and, and, a, and, a, and the reality with which we all are after. The ability to understand ourselves, to know ourselves as valuable, to be more confident in who we are with the ultimate goal of, of really being free to be ourselves in public, of having the courage again to be vulnerable. So that's the perfect transition into this into episode two because the question again is, well, is that a solid foundation? And what I mean by that is, 
Is it solid foundation to, to get that truth from a book you read? Is it credible enough to simply believe in your own value because you read it in a book and someone told you that if you believe it, you'll be more happy? Well, that's where Christianity gives a much deeper answer and a more solid foundation because a source is not a book or a self-help author or speaker who tells you to just believe that, but rather the source is the very truth that God, creator of the universe, of all the stars and planets, creator of the world and of earth, also created you with his very own hands and created you out of infinite love specifically for you. If you stop and think about that for a second, that's enormous because now my value isn't something I just have to believe and assume that it's accurate and true, but rather my value comes from the hands of God. And that's amazing that someone like God can take specific interest enough to make me And to take that one step further, not only does he make me, but Christianity teaches that he takes on he takes on the identity as father. So that so for me, I'm either a son or daughter, beloved and created by God's very own hand, specifically specifically thought about by him. That's amazing. And the result is, well, you can imagine the result. If, I, if I'm able to tap into the love of my Heavenly Father for me, imagine the freedom that that results in. Because now my dignity, my value is so rooted in Him that I'm, okay, I'm free and I'm courageous to be myself in public. After all, if God loves me how I am, then that's enough. I don't, I'm not defined by what others think because I'm defined by what God thinks and God loves me. God thinks I'm enough. God thinks I'm worth it. And he, he is the ultimate opinion because he created the whole universe. He created all humanity and he created me. In fact, do you know how it can be so difficult to understand ourselves? You know, like our personality, our temperaments, why we did this, why we feel that, why we're triggered. And it can be hard to understand ourselves and to go deep internally um, to figure ourselves out. Well, well, in this case, God who created me knows me perfectly and he still loves me. So that's really, that's really why Christianity offers that much deeper level because tapping into that reality allows me to be so much more freer than simply accepting that reality from a book an author, a speaker, etc. All right, let's go into part two. So if we remember, um, we transitioned. The transition was really that once we're able to accept our own value, then that really outpours or overflows into the way we treat ourselves others, the way we parent, and the way we lead. Well, again, in this case, 
Now that God's in the picture, right, because of Christianity, I'm not only accepting my value just because, but rather my value is coming from God as a source. And God wants a personal, intimate relationship with me as my father. And that brings enormous gratitude. When I experience the love of my Heavenly Father specifically for me, that brings enormous gratitude. And I want others to experience the same love. So you can start to see how it begins to outpour and overflow out of me into my other relationships relationships and encounters with people. It's like I've discovered a beautiful treasure or experienced an amazing truth and I want others to experience the same. And so I begin to love them the way I feel loved by God. I've been transformed and now I want others to be transformed as well. So let's think of let's let's go through the four the four buckets here. First off, how we think of ourselves. Before in the first episode, we thought of ourselves as enough and we just decided to believe that without pushing back on that reality or questioning its credibility. We just accepted and chose to believe that we are enough. But well, now when God's in the picture, our, our enoughness, and I know that's not a word, but our value, our dignity comes from God because he created me and he thinks I'm enough. That's why I now know that I am enough. If God thinks I'm worth it, if God loves me, well then heck, I love myself too and, I'm, and I know that I'm worth it. You see how that's a much deeper source of credibility, a much stronger foundation, unshakable by whatever critique people might give of you or say of you, etc. Okay, if we move on to the second bucket, the one about love, how does it transform the way I love others? Well, with God in the picture, since I've experienced or I know that he loves me personally and infinitely and that I am not a sum of my positives and negatives in his eyes, well then that's the way I love others. That's the way I see others. No longer are people a sum of all their achievements and all their failures and let's see what the outcome is. No, on the contrary, I see the beauty in them. I see them as sons and daughters of God, just as I am. And I now am moved to have a much more loving perspective because that's what I'm, that's what I'm experiencing from God. So you can see how that's, that, that's just life changing. Obviously this is all, you know, like, it's not like, oh, once I accept God loves me or experience his love for me, um, my life is now transformed forever. No, it's something we continually work on and try to renew and, and, and hold, you know, dear and near to that truth. But it, it definitely takes effort and it's not easy. So I just don't want to get the message or don't want to communicate the message that I'm saying it is. But it is, um, it does change our perspective. Um, the other thing I'll say here is that with, well, we move on to the third bucket with parenting. Remember how I mentioned that Christianity really views God as a father and us as sons and daughters. Well, in this case, if we experience his fatherhood and his, and his specific love for me and, I, and, I, and I'm able to see that I'm not a sum of my positives and negatives, or even more so that I don't have to earn his love, 
that I don't have to be super accomplished or achieve XYZ metrics to earn that love. If I if I know that I am unconditionally loved by him from the moment I'm born to the moment I die, well imagine how that transforms the way we parent with our kids. We are no longer loving them based on their accomplishments. And that comes across and I, and that doesn't come across. It comes across a lot less. Obviously there's that tendency because that's that's very human to value someone based on, you know, accomplishments, but it's very helpful to have experienced this from from God as a father so that when we're fathers or mothers, we then give that that unconditional love to our kids and they in turn have a much more happy life because they they they're raised by someone who loves them for who they are not for what they can do lastly how does it affect the way we lead well enormously um and i always talk about leadership and career but it can be in all in any other aspect in athletics clubs extracurriculars community involvement but when we're in a position of leadership that usually means there's a hierarchy right there's people that are below us in the company or in the organization whatever it may be well imagine how our approach to leadership will change if I now realize that the person that the people I lead are also sons and daughters of God and therefore have the same value as I do. Yes, I have more responsibility, I'm their leader, but I'm not above them in terms of value. And so imagine how that perspective will affect the way we treat them, the way we, the way we listen, the way we understand or seek to understand them. It's a much, it'll become a much more personalized, interested, altruistic, selfless approach to leadership and quite frankly, a more successful one. So I know that was high level and, you know, each of these things could, could be a whole other podcast. But in summary, mm-hmm. the first point is about really Letting it sink in and experiencing God's love for me. Letting that truth sink in, not only in my mind, but in my heart. Once once I'm in touch with that truth, that God, God loves me infinitely for who I am, after all, He created me, then I have the utmost courage to be myself in public, to be vulnerable. Because guess what? I'm not defined by others. I'm defined by God, and He loves me. So therefore, I love myself And that's enough. I don't need others to define me. Okay, and then the second second point, how does it transform the way we think, love, parent, and lead? Well, once I encounter and experience and hold hold on to the reality that God loves me, well, I now, that, that love outpours, overflows, I now pass that love along and all the different hats I wear in society at work, at home, with my family, with my friends, in public, socially, whatever encounter, I pass on that selfless, interested love to every person because that's what I've experienced. And I'm I'm so moved by gratitude that it comes out naturally. So that's a summary. I want to end with three points, which I think are super cool. Um, And again, I'm going to be high level about these, but the first point is that 
what another part another reason I get super excited about this podcast is because this podcast this message this message that I'm well that's my opinion and I'm and I'm sharing with you all is has a lot to do with the purpose and meaning of our lives so a lot of times we're we're reading about purpose or trying to discover what our own purpose is well at a high level the purpose is essentially twofold first off to be loved and second of all to love to be loved is again is is is, is completely about the first part we're talking about here which is letting god love me experiencing that reality encountering that reality and holding holding dear and near to that truth that god loves me and the second part again flows perfectly with with part 2 which is once i experience that then that the love overflows into the people i encounter and treat i've been given something and now i pass it along to others and that's really the purpose of life now that's super high level and it's going to look a lot different for every single person we all have different temperaments personalities talents but in essence we're all called to leverage or use our personality our temperaments our talents to spread the love in in some capacity and again whether it be at home and work or whatever capacity that may be the other thing I'll say here which is super important um well two things about 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 this is that first off God's given Christianity teaches and 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 the truth is that God's given each of us a very special and big mission. He's got big plans for each of us. And that's amazing. Imagine just imagine taking that in and and if everyone takes that in that God created me with big plans for me in this life. And unique ones. That's the other point that they're unique. If we think of a mosaic, a mosaic is is a oftentimes of a big religious piece of artwork and it's it's a lot of little pieces of glass which come together they're different colors um to create an image and there can be hundreds of small mosaic pieces which create an overall one giant beautiful piece of artwork well you can think of everyone's life and mission as a small piece of that overall mosaic if someone doesn't fulfill their mission which they were created for or their calling their vocation if you will then the whole mosaic can still be can still be more or less complete you can still tell what the overall image is but that little mosaic that little piece if someone doesn't fulfill their 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 role that is not there their piece is missing and the whole goal is this, the whole goal of this analogy is to show that no one can fulfill the mission which you were created to fulfill no one can love the way you were created to love no one can have the relationship with god that you were created to have it's so unique and so personal which makes it a beautiful thing and this is not meant to be daunting as as a sort of like oh i have to figure out my mission or anything like that it's rather it's meant to be more like a beautiful truth that god has a personal and unique love for each one of us and special and unique plans for each one of us and they're big big in his eyes not necessarily big in the eyes of the world because the world often has sees thing and measures things in the way that god does not measure things right but 
I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. This podcast has a lot to do with the purpose and meaning of life, and it'll look different for each one of us, but it's a beautiful thing, again, to be loved and then to love in whatever capacity we have, given our personality, our temperaments, our talents, etc. Okay, the second really cool point I wanted to share with you all is that Christianity oftentimes has super uh, ironic and radical teachings in a good way. And this is a great example of one because if we talk, if we go back to the courage of being vulnerable and experiencing God's love, well, get this, that really, although it looks like it's something I have to do and I'm the protagonist and I have to figure out a way to experience God's love and I'm the one who's going to make it happen. Well, in reality, it's about letting God be the protagonist. Letting us be the receivers of God's love. It's about us essentially getting out of the way, opening up the doors of our hearts, and letting Him be the one who comes inside our homes. Essentially, it's about letting go and let God. And that's 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 what's mind blowing. How ironic is it? Is it how ironic is it that the greatest accomplishment, which is to first be loved by God, the greatest accomplishment is the one where we are not the ones in charge. It's the one where we have to let go and let God. That's very counter-human, the way we usually think. So I'll leave it at that. Again, I can go. we can go way deeper into that another time. But then lastly, the third point, which I thought was really cool and we'll end with this, is actually a quote um which my girlfriend shared with me and i thought it was extremely accurate i'm not a writer and so it takes me a while to be to communicate what i'm trying to say and i think this writer nailed it perfectly regarding this whole idea about value and dignity and earning it versus having it intrinsically and so we'll end with this um it's actually a quote from the vogue magazine and the article is the September 2020 issue, and it's named 10 Eternal Reasons to Feel Hopeful, according to Matt Haig, H-A-I-G, published on August 30th, 2020. And the quote is right underneath the, the 10th reason, which is, we have innate value. So I quote, You don't need to exhaust yourself trying to find your own value. You're not an iPhone needing an upgrade. Your value is not a condition of productivity or exercise or body shape or something you lose via inactivity. Value is not a plate that needs continually to be spun. The value is there. It is intrinsic. It is in the being and not the doing, end quote. So I hope that was helpful. I hope that we can all better understand again in our minds and in our hearts that it's not about what we do, but it's about who we are. Sons and daughters created by an ever-loving God who is our Father and thought of us in the moment He created us with His own hands and will love us until the end. I hope this was helpful. Thank you.